Okay, let's start in the East and let's go by team record. So we'll start with Milwaukee, Orlando. Okay. Since you know this is more of a boring one, um, easier to get out of the way. <laughs> what what does Orlando take a game in the series? In I don't opinion? think they all. You know what? They took a game out of Toronto last year, which no one expected. Um, the game that DJ Augustine hit that big three, and uh, <laughs> Kyle Lowry scored zero points, and he was just clowned so much for that, um, which surprised me. And you know, Terrence Ross, I'm excited to see what he's like in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's Milwaukee's just too damn good. They really are. Yeah, it's pretty easy, and I think that if they had a fighting chance, they would need Jonathan Isaac to help guard Giannis. Yeah, because his length would at least give him some problems. Um, not having him for the entire series just yeah, that scary. that takes away all hope for me that they'll even take a game. Yeah. I have them as a sweep as well, and the only way that they actually have a shot to win a game is just by like chucking up threes. Yeah, and hoping that like either like Terrence Ross or like DJ Augustine or even like Evan Fournier gets hot enough. Yeah, to like help them steal a game, but they don't have a closer. Um, they they have like pretty good shooting, but they don't have good defense. They just don't have the recipe to win a game against the Bucks, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and what you were saying is like chucking mm-hmm. up threes and shit. Like that's the thing we've seen in the bubble. Anybody can beat anybody. There's For sure. Like, if 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 like it's crazy, you, one team gets hot. It's just. Like we saw, what's it, Brooklyn beat the Clippers. We've seen some crazy upsets. Like, look what Phoenix did all of a sudden. You know, they were just yeah, like, we saw Phoenix go 8-0, and yeah. that's something they haven't done in years. Yeah. Like, what? when is the last time you think Phoenix won 8 in a row? Like, it must have been like, I think Amari that, I Stoudemire. Think, I think Steve it must Nash have been days, in the man. Steve Nash era, yeah. Like, so, like, that's ridiculous. Late 2000s, maybe mid yeah. to late 2000s, but... Was, the Sean Marion, Mike D'Antoni, Phoenix Suns, but that was... Maybe this is... Uh, I think, actually, we should talk with them for a sec. Um... Yeah. Like, I think that I'm actually very proud of what they did. I'm kind of shocked that they were able to go 8 0. And it kind of sucks that Memphis got into that playing game yeah. in my mind. That it felt like uh, they, didn't they had the it. exact same record and they didn't deserve it. I think Memphis went 2 and 6 yeah, or 3 and 5. Yeah. And Phoenix went 8 0. And there's, there's just no reward, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, Phoenix should have just played better in the season. And maybe if DeAndre Aiden didn't get suspended for 25 games yeah, they would have probably big. made the playoffs and you know there would have been a little bit more magical and who knows the game would have swung the other way maybe maybe phoenix beats uh portland twice i think that's in play yeah definitely yes that, that would have been big and the thing with memphis too is that we say we don't deserve it they had they did have i think toronto had the toughest schedule memphis had a very tough schedule you know sure. like they, they had because going down the end of the season they were gonna have a tough schedule anyway I think that the break really, ha- like, did not help with the momentum because they, I, if I'm remembering correctly, they did have, they did have quite a bit of momentum going into the coronavirus break. Um, but yeah, Memphis did put up a good game though against Portland. That was very entertaining this morning or this afternoon. Yeah, it was but a great yeah, game. Phoenix Suns. I do you think Phoenix like do you think they can build on this or do you think they'll just go back to their you know their missing the playoff ways next year? I don't think this is a sign to suggest they're going to make the playoffs necessarily. I think that next season they they clearly have the talent and pieces to at least make a push. Yeah. The the question for me is, um, first of all, will the NBA be in arenas? Will fans be back, or will there be no fans? Because that'll have an effect. I, I think, think Phoenix that will benefit if they don't have any fans. I think Phoenix. I agree. I think they do they do benefit uh, if there's yeah. no fans. And I think um, moving forward, when fans do come back, Phoenix had the 
that like the only record in the NBA to have a worse record at home than away. Yeah, they actually had a better record on the road, which is kind of weird. That's crazy, and that's kind of that, I think that was um, foreshadowing for what happened in this series. We saw yeah. that they were able to um, in the bubble. I mean, they were able to like go eight zero, which is crazy. And I think part of it is no fans. It feels like an away game, and so they were able to play really like really well together and cohesive and obviously having all their players healthy, but, um, and to Devin answer Booker your question, yeah. and Devin Booker is looking like a superstar, but to answer your question, I don't, I don't think it'll carry over very much. I think hopefully uh, I like Monty Williams and I like the He's coach. He's a good coach. Yeah. Um, so I think they have the right pieces in place. It's now just about maybe finding a few more and executing. What do you think? I think it's, you know, the, I think they're sort of in the same situation that Dallas has been a, the Mavericks were in a year ago. A year ago, we weren't saying that Dallas is going to be a playoff team. We were saying that, at least I wasn't saying, a lot of people were saying that they were going to be like a, you know, that 12, 11 C kind of thing. And I think that's where a lot of people put Phoenix right now. And we all saw what happened with Luka Doncic and how he worked things out with Porzingis and how they just took off. And I think Phoenix, they're in a similar situation here. They're like, no one's really predicting them to be, you know, just an absolute laughing stock. They're going to have a lot more respect in their names going into the next season. But they definitely could surprise a few people. I mean, if Devin Booker can take off, he's an all-star caliber player. DeAndre Ayton, we all know that he can ball out. We saw what he did in college. He's got great potential. And, of course, Mickey Williams – or Monty Williams, sorry. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA right now. I think they can surprise a few people. I don't – you know, they're going to be an eight or nine seed, I think, next year. That would be awesome if we saw that. I like your comparison to the Dallas Mavericks because – you see, we see that um, – I actually think Phoenix has more pieces than Dallas. I actually don't love Dallas's position. They're obviously worse before the Porzingis trade, but, I mean, they've, they don't have a ton of pieces moving forward. That, that gives me a lot of hope that they, that they can't – that they don't make moves, that they're going to, like, keep getting better. I think they have to make some, some adjustments. You know what I mean? They have Porzingis. Yeah. You have Luka. You have your, your all-time – potentially all-time great player and Luka on your team which is kind of comparable to Devin Booker, but they need more pieces around them. And I think Phoenix actually does have a lot more pieces around them. When you think about like, uh, they got like Cam Johnson, a nice young rookie. Um, who's a great shooter. And then they had, um, who's the guy off the bench again? Is it, uh, I can't remember his name, like Javante West or something. They have a bunch of good bench pieces and they have a good young core there. Yeah. And I think that in a few years they will be better than they are now, especially as Devin Booker enters his prime, if they can keep him there, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I don't know, like, I, I kind of like where Dallas I, – I have to disagree with you with Dallas, honestly. I just like – I just think Luka Doncic is good enough that if you can at least keep Luka and Kristaps, and yes, you're improve some of the rotation players, um, but that team's good enough to win a championship in three or four years. Just, just Luka, Luka Doncic alone, he's going to run this league. Yeah. I mean, he is the future of this league, honestly, in my opinion. Um, I don't think it's Zion. I mean, it's I think it's it's going to be Luca and uh, Giannis. It's going to be their league. Um, anyway, let's move on to a team that almost went eight and zero. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, seven and one. They were I mean, very good in the bubble. They had a stinker though against Boston. Yeah. <laughs> like they had seven good games and then one that, terrible game against Boston. One. Um, and I think that's when you just got to rub off and just think yeah. this doesn't affect the identity of the team. This doesn't matter moving towards the playoffs. And for me, I'll go right into my prediction. <laughs> I'm going with the first ever sweep in franchise history. And Is it really? Uh, yeah, it would be. What? Um, I know. They, they dropped game one to 
Orlando in the first round. And then every year prior, they were never quite as good as they've been the last few years, right? So They had some really good series against uh, Washington, right? And against Indiana. Yeah, they had the... They had the a couple against Washington. I remember. Yeah, definitely one where they went. I think it went six. Um, they had even series. I think too. They had uh, yeah. Sure. In, in twenty sixteen, they had in the first round they had Indiana that went seven. Second yes. round they had Miami that went seven, and then they they played Cleveland in the conference finals and that went six. So yeah. that was kind of um, probably their best run besides twenty nineteen. But the reasons I think that the Raptors are gonna sweep the Nets is because number one is their defense is elite. They have enough guys who can um, they can throw at Karis LeVert, who's I think yeah their, their only the sure. only real threat, definitely their best player. Um, so you can throw like OG at him, you can throw Siakam at him. The Raptors are also eighteen and two against Brooklyn in their last twenty games, <laughs> which I did I not, not know. I was not aware of that stat. Yeah, no. I did. I didn't know that either. I, I was just doing some research and and then also there's a little history between these teams. In 2014, the Raptors played the Nets in the first round and lost in seven to. Um, so th- Nets the- yeah, I think yeah, think yeah. back to 2014. They had like Kevin Garnett, they had Paul <laughs> Pierce, they had uh, Darren Williams, and then they also had um, basically just a bunch of old scrubs from. Imagine Boston. if those guys were all in their primes. That'd been that'd been such a hype team. And Joe Johnson, if they were all in their oh, primes, yeah. that oh. team would have been. Uh, they would have won a championship. People don't people don't <laughs> remember how good Darren Williams was. Williams, yeah, he was good. Dude, he was, he was like good. people were saying he was the best point guard in the NBA back in like 2010. Like him he and, had he uh, had his moments, man. Chris, he was or, he was really good. Him and Chris Paul, like those are the two the two guys. Yeah, I think that I think Brooklyn will take a game from Toronto, and here's why: we we've seen Brooklyn. They've honestly they've impressed everybody. You know, like legit, like eight, like they had like half their roster not be able to go to Orlando. Half um, of their starters, and they went five and yeah, two, or they, five and three. In they the had bubble. a good bubble run, and they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the LA Clippers. Um, the Clippers, the Kawhi was playing too. Like, Kawhi was trying hard in that game. It wasn't like, you know, it was just a walk-around game for the Clippers. Brooklyn have beaten some very good teams in the bubble. They lost by one to uh, the, the Trailblazers, um, a game that if they won, we would have seen Phoenix in that play-in game. Brooklyn really has impressed me. I think they'll take one game off Toronto. Um, but, it, of course, it's just they don't have enough talent. They, they, they can't match what the Raptors have as far as depth-wise, as far as depth goes. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'll, I think I'll give Brooklyn a game. I think Joe Harris will catch the, catch heat one game. Lavert, I think you know, Lavert allows drop thirty five at least maybe one game. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'll give. I'll, I'll say it's a five game series for sure. I can respect that pick. I was think I originally had it as five, but then I decided to be a Raptors fan and go with four because <laughs> there's just reasons um, to suggest the Raptors are ready. I think they're hungry. Yeah. And as for the, you're right. You're totally right, though, about Brooklyn. Like, they're missing obviously star players up and down the roster, right? We yeah. don't even have to list them because there's too many guys to list. Um, but I mean, they still got Jared Allen. They still got Joe Harris. They still got Karis Levert. They have like people who seem to be revived, like Tyler Johnson, Garrett Temple, and then one of their underrated pieces who has been shooting really well is um, Timothy Luwaru Cabarro. <laughs> Who a lot of people are like, who the fuck is that? But a name and a half. He's, right he's there. like shoot. I know he's a name and a half, if not two. But like this guy, <laughs> um, this man is shooting like fifty percent in the bubble from three, and he's been really good. Like he's shooting high volume. Threes. Oh, yeah, he went off one game, didn't I? Think I like I saw his he, name. He went he off. Probably um, like thirty. It must have been against points. like the 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 Bucks or the Clippers. One of those games where they 
they stole a game. There was a game where they were, he was like really hot and he was just shooting the lights out. Yeah. Um, and then even against uh, Portland, he shot five of nine from three in their last game, had 19 points. So this guy can shoot. It was against um, Milwaukee. He dropped 26 points, five of seven from downtown. Yeah, yeah this guy. This guy's a flamethrower. He's a he's like a Terrence Ross. He's a flamethrower. He can, uh, and I don't like comparing people to Terrence Ross because you know he's not that good. But he's a uh, he can get hot. Cabrera, he can get hot, and he's good. And yeah. like th- that's what I mean. They actually do have a surprising amount of depth without all these guys. So I can I can back that. I can back them taking a game from the Raptors. I'm going with a sweep because I'm a Raptors fan. But yeah. uh, either way, I think we we both know the Raptors are going to be advancing to the second round. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So let's go to the Celtics 76 Probably one of the more interesting series. I don't know what to think of this. Uh, what I, is your first reaction? Well, I think first reaction we're thinking, okay, Boston's, Boston, the three seed, should win this. I think that's the majority of people's first reaction is like, okay, Boston should win this. This is going to be a good series, though. I'm saying six or seven games because – we know these two teams don't like each other. We saw what Boston did to the Celtics in 2018. That was yep. a Terry Rozier playoffs. Um, but this is like, we've got it. Like, Philadelphia 76, we've got to give them respect. At the end of the day, they haven't been playing good, but they do have good players in that roster. They have stars. You know, they have Ben Simmons. They got uh, Joel Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris. They got good players, and good players win in the NBA. Boston's a young team. I think they'll still get through this series, but you know if Jason Tatum shoots two of eighteen again, he and or if he have if he has a tough series, Philadelphia could take this in seven games. I think this is anyone's series, but I'm gonna take Boston in seven. I can respect that. The only thing is, uh, no Ben Simmons in this oh, right, series, right, because yeah, of the yeah, bone injury. So that kind of uh, I originally if if Ben Simmons was there, I would say seven, but I'm going Celtics in six because. Because of no Ben Simmons, but I think yeah. this could benefit them. This could be a chance. Yeah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna um, keep Celtics or seventy yeah. Celtics and seven. Actually, I'm gonna keep that. Yeah, I th- I think that this is a good chance for Brett Brown to see what other pieces he has, omitting Ben Simmons, which is you know a possible trade candidate in the future. Yeah. You see what they can do with Joel Embiid as the only guy who can't sh- really shoot threes on the roster or doesn't shoot them that well. Have him down low a lot. The Celtics bad matchup against Embiid because. Uh, Celtics have no one who can really guard him. Like Tyson, I know Tice is good, or, and uh, and Cantor. I know Cantor is good, and I, I know Tice is good, but Embiid is a lot is a lot bigger, a lot stronger. That's gonna be an issue. The spacing for for sorry for Philadelphia is gonna be good, and they still got Tobias Harris. They still got um, Josh Richardson, and they still have Al Horford. So they they are still a good team. They have talent up and down the roster. Um, I just wonder, can this team? Match up defensively against Boston, and I'm, right? Because I'm just, I feel like Tobias Harris and uh, is going to have a lot of a lot of work on his hands. Yeah, I'm going to just say this real quick too. Philadelphia have they have had a really underrated stint in the bubble. I mean, yeah, they they did finish four and four, but let's okay. I'm going to go through the games. Their first game they lost to Indiana. That was a game where T.J. Warren just dropped 53 or 56 out of nowhere. 53, I think it was. Like just yeah. randomly, they beat the Spurs, beat the Wizards, beat the Magic. Three shit teams, but they took care of them. Nice and easy. Then they lost by three points to the Portland Trailblazers. That was, uh, I think, Damian went off that game. I'm going to check the stats real quick. Uh, I bet you he dropped that 50. Was, that was a 51-point <laughs> game for Damian Lillard. Yeah. Then they lost to the Suns. We, the Suns beat everybody, though. Then they only lost to the Raptors by four points. And then they Plus, that was gar- a lot of garbage time. Yeah, and then, to be and then, honest. 
and they blew the Rockets off the court to finish up. The games that they lost, two of them were because Warren and Lillard just caught heat. And then the two other games they lost was because the Phoenix Suns and Toronto Raptors were just freaking unstoppable in the bubble. They, they've had a very underrated bubble run, and I think they're going to they're, they're gonna take two or three games from the, from the Celtics in the series. You look at the, the teams they lost to, right? The guys who went off. You said yeah. T.J. Warren, Dame Lillard, and then they lost to Devin Booker and the Suns. Those are all similar players, like yeah. high-scoring guard-slash-forward position. That's an issue for them is their ability to defend those kinds of guys. Like, is uh, in the first round, is Tatum going to go off for 50 against you? Is Jalen Brown going to go off for, like, 30 against you? I think Brown's is the Gordon X Hayward, I think Brown's the X factor, too, yeah. for sure. He's, he's uh, obviously so talented. He's there. He's like their their two B, I would say, behind um, Kemba Walker, yeah. right? But I feel like Kemba hasn't really proved himself, and Jalen's gonna have to step up in some situations, and especially with this matchup, and just go off um, yeah. as the secondary like wing on that team. And they also have Gordon Hayward too, so this is gonna be a tough defensive matchup. Yeah, for them, Matisse Thybulle's gonna have his hands full. He's like their best defender on the wing, and he's going to have his hands full for sure. I'm very excited for this series. Very excited for this series. I'd say it's my second favorite series behind this one, the Pacers Heat. Okay. Um, in terms of actual, um, like, a prediction, what what do you think is going to happen in this series? Okay. I, first of all, the Pacers are the four seed here. They do – they are the higher seed in the Miami Heat, which I just realized, which is pretty – weird you know you think Miami I didn't know that actually team. either I, I thought that the it was Pacers uh... are the four seed here um that being said I think Miami's a better team we saw Miami did beat Indiana in the bubble and the Miami era we know the TJ Warren injury but I like Jimmy Butler I trust in Jimmy Butler he Jimmy Butler's a playoff player and if there's one thing we've seen from Jimmy Butler led teams or really any team that Butler plays on his teams overperform especially lately the Timberwolves somehow got in the playoffs and they were so good while they had Jimmy Butler that Butler was able to miss the last, what was it, like 10 games of regular season. And the Timberwolves still made the playoffs despite being shit the last few games of regular season. They were the, And then the 76ers, they took the defending champions, the Toronto Raptors, they took them the farthest, or they gave them the best matchup of the, of the entire playoffs last year. And the Miami Heat were not supposed to be this good this year. And they have been balling out. I think Miami, they can beat any – They can Miami can take Boston – or they can take the Milwaukee Bucks. They can take the Raptors. They can take the Celtics all to seven games, maybe even beat some of those teams. I'm going to take Miami in five games in the series. I agree with that pick. I, I also had Miami in five. And the reason I said that is because they have the best player. They have Jimmy Butler. He's going to win this series. They got shooters. They And then I think on the Pacers' side, they don't have the health – TJ yeah. Warren's injured. Sabonis is probably out for this series. Um, Oladipo doesn't look like himself. He no. hasn't since he come back. So I just think that they lack a superstar. And TJ Warren, I know he's been playing good in the bubble, but he's he's a role player. Like that's actually what he is. And Malcolm Brogdon is low key their best player. If if uh, you know if Oladipo doesn't step up and TJ Warren's not playing as good as usual, so this team um, without Sabonis looks kind of lost to me. I thought. Maybe six. I really thought about it, but I think Miami, there's beef here too. And I think yeah. Jimmy Butler wants to destroy them. And that's, 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 that's going to be an yeah. issue for them. That's going to be an issue for them. They're not going to get through that, I don't think. Yeah, Jimmy Butler's a different kind of animal. I love, I love Jimmy Butler, though. He's Really, this season, he's turned into maybe my he's – my, he's one of my most favorite players who aren't in the Spurs right now. Jimmy Butler, Davis Bertans, Montrezl Harrell. 
they're all up there for me. All right, I think we got to now transition to the West. Yes, sir. Because the West, a lot more interesting. Way I've, more yeah, interesting. Yeah, some of those, like, three versus six, four versus five. Some good series in there. Even this first one we're going to talk about, Lakers-Portland. All right, Portland won the the first playing game, so yeah. they're obviously holding that eight seed. We got Lakers-Portland in the first round. Portland went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and now they have Nurkic, who they didn't have last year. And Nurkic... He's balling. I think you said something about him being one of the most underrated players. That's facts. Dude, he's balling. He has been balling. He's looking like one of the best centers in the NBA. What's your take on this series? First off, I want to say rest in peace to Nurkic's grandmother, who did pass away um, due to coronavirus. Um, yeah, it's sad. But I'm a, I, I think Lakers take this in six games. This will be very similar to the Clippers versus Warriors series we saw last year in the first round. Of course, last year, though, the Clippers didn't have a superstar like Damian Lillard. I think Portland can take this six games. Nurkic, he's, he's balling. He is really looking like one of the best centers in the NBA right now. What do you have? I think he had like 20 boards tonight. I mean, this man can ball. Yeah, it was 20, as like over 20 points, and... 20 boards, and then he had probably like five or six assists. Underrated passer. We all know. Um, and then obviously they have the two guards, Portland. Um, yeah. And Dame and CJ, so that's going to be an issue for the Lakers. How are they going to guard those guys? That's kind of a yeah. the big question for me. Without Avery Bradley and Rondo, um, I know his surgery was successful and he's back in the bubble, but I guess the question is like, how soon can they get him? Because they actually low key need him. They do. For this we all know what Dame does in the first round. Lillard, I think overall Lillard's a bit of a, he's an overrated playoff performer because in the first round he I'll, I'll take Lillard over anybody other than LeBron James in the first round of the playoffs. It's just after the first round that Dame really, like, he's not that great after the first round of the playoffs. Like, McCollum's probably Portland's best player after the first round. But we all know what Lillard can do in the first round. He's yeah. going to light the Lakers up. He really, like, he will. They can't, defend, yeah. no one can defend Dame Lillard. He's going to be right shot from the logo. Not right now. And you're yeah. right. Um, I think Lillard is almost overrated in a way, in saying, like, he's super clutch in this and that. Like, obviously, he's had some great first-round matchups. But last year we saw against Denver, that one went seven. Dame did not play good. Dame did not play good. That was CJ series. And even after that, like, I don't think – Dame just didn't play that good against – when the pressure is really on, when, like, the series really matters. I mean, he's obviously hit those great shots, and it's hard to disrespect him. But I just think a little bit overrated in those situations, and that's going to be a tough – and, you know, this series, like you said, they're going to go off. But you're playing against the Lakers. You're playing against LeBron. LeBron's the best player. Anthony Davis will probably be the second best player, in theory, uh, unless Dame goes off, which there's definitely a chance. But I just think the Lakers have the the best players. And even though Portland has this identity, they're the hot team. And the Lakers have been sitting now for days. Yeah. Um, I just think it's that. It's LeBron. I just think it's, I just think it's LeBron, yeah. And, and then another issue is after Nurkic, what do you have, right? John Collins has been injured. This was injured in this playing game. He wasn't there. Too much white side. I just there's just too much white side on this team. You don't trust him? I, yeah. I do not trust him. He's just not that good. <laughs> he's I just think, not that good in the modern NBA. Against yeah. Anthony Davis, he's gonna get roasted against Dwight Howard. That'll be a matchup to see, but <laughs> <laughs> but man, like Anthony Davis is gonna cook him. Yeah. And Nurkic. It's gonna be yeah. tough. Portland have won the last three games. Dame's gone off in their last three games, um, and he did win bubble MVP. Or was it – Dame won bubble MVP, right? Or was that – Yeah, he won it. Yeah, and Monty Williams won, I think, coach. Coach of the year, yeah. Or um, coach of the bubble. Devin Booker was uh, probably 
second MVP. Yeah. He was the LeBron of this uh, MVP race, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm going to go. Wait, what, so how many games do you think this, this year's will go? I said, and I'm going to stick with it, Lakers in six. That's and what I, think, I said too, yeah. I think that's um, a lot of respect for Portland because they're going to give them a run for their money in the first round and prep them for – I don't want to spoil uh, who I think is going to win – in Houston, OKC, so I'd say the winner of that series. Uh, let's I move on. Gonna say, <laughs> I got a feeling going to say OKC is going to win that series. Anyway, let's, let's move on before we get there. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get, that, that's the last one. That's the juiciest one. So now <laughs> let's go. Clippers, Mavs, 2-7. Who you got? Clippers in five. I think I think Dallas will take a game. But the Clippers I have the is, same. Yeah. Clippers in five. <laughs> the thing is that uh, Kawhi, we, we, all, we all have to talk about, oh, playoff Kawhi is different. Playoff Kawhi doesn't show up to the to the second or third round. Like Kawhi Leonard in the first round, historically, he, he he's gonna give you twenty five to thirty points a game, but he's not gonna do nothing special. He's not gonna do nothing like crazy unexpected. Um, but that being said, the Clippers are just, they're just too talented. They're too deep. They're they got Lou Will. They got Pat Bev. Just straight up energizers. Trez. Um, they they got these guys, and of course Paul George. Playoff P. Hopefully he can uh, win his first playoff series since, what, 2014. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Clippers, like you said, are deep. They're really talented on the front level. They have the best player in the series by far in Kawhi. And yeah. he has playoff experience. And they just are all business. Kawhi, like you said, is not going to be going 110%. He doesn't have to, right? You have all these pieces yeah. around you. Those guys are going to be playing good. Kind of gets you like a whole cohesive unit. I think that Luca's gonna go crazy a few games, and that's why I think um, that's why I think the Mavs will actually win a game. Is because Luca's gonna literally carry them. To yeah, the that'll be a line. few close games. And sure. I thought, yeah, maybe they could get two. Maybe you can make it six. But I think the Clippers have their number. I believe they played each other. Um, I don't know if they played each other in a bubble, but they played each other multiple games this year, and the Clippers seem to destroy them every single yeah. time. I'm pretty sure in the bubble they played, and the Clippers destroyed them too. So I just feel like. Um, the matchup is not good for the Mavs. They really want to slide up to that six seed to face Denver because, um, and we saw that against when they played against Portland. He really tried. Uh, they really tried winning that game so they could try and slide past Utah. But unfortunately, they got matched up with the Clippers, which is pretty disappointing because, uh, as you'll see in the next one, I'm not high on Utah to say the least. Yeah, they do have a few injuries. Um, okay, and the Utah they're going to be going up against the Denver Nuggets. Yep. This will be interesting, I think, because we've seen Utah. They've surprised us in the past in the first round against at least the OKC Thunder. And I don't think – I think I'll I'll take the Nuggets in this one. It's going to be a good game. I think I'll give the Nuggets in six. I picked the same thing. I picked Nuggets in six. I think that it's a good matchup for both of them because you have two traditionally kind of slow big men, right, with Jokic and Rudy. So yeah. like, the pace is not going to be mismatched. You're not playing against the small ball Rockets. Uh, you can kind of match up well against each other, and you can play your game. And I just think Denver's better, and they have. Um, I think they got obviously the best player in Nikola Jokic, and then Michael Porter Jr. is an X factor. If he plays really good, if he plays really good, this could be a sweep. If he plays pretty yeah. good, it'll probably end up sliding six. But his performance um, will depend, sort of, on um, the length of the series, right? So the length of the series will depend on how good he plays. I should say. Yeah, he's had a really good. He's had a few really good games um, in the bubble. I really he dropped thirty four points one game. That took me by, by surprise for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah Denver and Fort. Not a lot to explain here. I, I just Utah they're battling a few injuries. 
Um, and they're also just not as talented as we thought they were going to be with the Gobert and uh, what's the, uh, what's his name? Fuck. Mike Connolly. Mike Connolly hasn't been as good as, as we thought he would be. Um, yeah, he's been better in the bubble, though. I think he's been a little yeah. better. Uh, but the, but like you're saying, they have no Bojan Bogdanovic, so they're going to need yeah. more out of Conley. And can he give you a lot? In the playoffs, maybe playoff Conley is different. Playoff C, as they call him, you know? So maybe he's different. Playoff C, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe. Games, he's, yeah, he, he was good. He was, he was very yeah. good, and he's still good. He's not that old, so I think he can he can give you something. But the ceiling of this Utah team is not very high when you consider the – uh, just the number of stack teams in the West, unfortunately. They'd be a good East team, but in my mind, they're sort of just fodder for the second round. They're just going to get eaten up by Denver. Uh, Denver in six, I'm going with. I'd like to see Mike Connolly go to the Raptors in the next, like, and play with Marcus All one last time. I'd like to see that happen. Marcus All is a free agent after this year, so maybe they'll oh, be Mark, back maybe Mark can go to Utah. That'd yeah, I think, I think he'd be a nice fit there, too. They could use... Uh, I don't know, actually. Maybe you trade Rudy. Maybe you trade Rudy, find yeah. a wing player, and then you put Gasol in the middle. Gasol can kind of simulate what Rudy gives you. Yeah, I at least saw on someone, defense. I think I saw someone. It was a TikTok where, saw, where someone was saying that this good situation for Golden State and Utah is that you could the Golden State could package the number one draft pick and forget what other player it was, and trade for Rudy Gobert. That right, or I think it was Andrew Wiggins. Um, do you want Andrew Wiggins though? <laughs> but I'm just saying, you can have the number one draft pick as well, and Andrew Wiggins. So oh, if they package the number one draft pick, then yeah, then you got you definitely got them thinking. And that's then Golden State sat, and then Golden State sat here with fucking Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and Rudy uh, Gobert would fit there too because he doesn't. He uh, would. He they they're pretty good defensively, and they can surround good D around him and. They can hide him on defense. And then he obviously gives you shot blocking in the middle. And he can just be a rim runner. He'd be perfect in that screen and roll with them. I just feel yeah. like on, De- on Utah, he's they're too dependent on him for he everything. He does so much like, on that team. Like he, he, he does, does do a he's lot. A he does more, he's a workhorse on defense. They don't have much around him in terms of, like, defense. In terms of, like, defense. Like, you yeah. look at, like, I know, like, Donovan Mitchell's okay and stuff like that. But just the, the guys around him, it's tough to have a good defense when – you're dependent on one guy. So yeah. I'm not very high on Utah. I haven't been all year. And I think the the whole coronavirus stuff seems like they have some inner beef too, unfortunately. Like there feels like yeah. there's a little bit of turmoil there. Um, and there feels like they just don't quite like each other. And if you're not and if you're not enjoying playing, then you're not gonna you're not gonna win. That's just the truth. Yeah. Rudy would have been great in the sixties. That like you Rudy Rudy Gobert in the sixties, eleven rings. Right <laughs> that's, the same, that's the way that Utah Utah defends like the Celtics used to, where they just send everybody to go bear. That's what the Celtics used to do. They send everybody to Bill Russell and you're not going to even block them. That, that's the exact same I mean, they, the they got some suspect defense when you uh, look at how like you they were defending Harden last year in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah, that was whack. <laughs> that but was to be fair, like, no one could defend Harden. Like, you got yeah. to try new shit. You just got to trap him. You got to try new shit, yeah. but... With all the shooters around him, it's hard to like trap him, right? Because yeah. as soon as you trap him, you get like an open PJ Tucker three in the corner, and you know that's a pretty high volume shot. Like that's a pretty high percentage and, shot. And when PJ Tucker is being guarded by Gobert, or it's a high volume shot or a pump fake and an easy drive. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's anyway. Speaking of the Houston Rockets, let's go Houston versus OKC. This is your was this yeah this is your most juiciest series of the playoffs. 
This is the only one I got going seven in my mind. It's the only one I got going seven. Okay. But I'm going Houston. Um, Houston is seven. I like I like the rivalry. You got Chris Paul versus Harden. There was a little bit of uh, altercations between them last year. Obviously, Chris Paul got traded. You got Westbrook against his, his former team. Westbrook is injured right now. When will he come back? That's the question that that'll really affect the series. If him coming back is a good or bad thing, I guess it depends. Playoff Russ. I don't know if he's a good guy or not. I don't he's, know. I think this, this this year Russell Westbrook's a bit different though. He gives me a little. Gives me different uh, vibes. He ha- yeah, he's, he has different vibes. He's the number two guy for sure, and I think he knows that, which is kind of a good thing, like putting him in his place yeah. a little bit. And then Harden, the ceiling of Harden is a championship. He's that good for um, sure, and I think he's the best player in the series by far. Like Chris Paul is really good, but Harden's on another level. Um, and I think that I'm picking Houston in seven. Because just because of Harden, I think he's going to end up um, carrying them. And Chris Paul's health, uh, I know he's been healthy all year, but that's still a question. That's something we haven't seen in years is him play through an entire series healthy. He usually doesn't, yeah, actually. Even back in the Clippers day, he's um, – I remember – I don't know if this was like – I don't remember what year this was, but it must have been like the – maybe like 2015 or something when they played against – um, your San Antonio Spurs. and he had 2015, that, yeah. Yeah, he had that bank shot right to win the series. Yeah, um, and then Blake Griffin got. Injured. He was playing on one hamstring there too. He was playing yeah. on one hamstring, and yeah, I remember watching that. Blake Griffin, he jumps so high, he like grabs got, the he, net yeah. and he like fucks up his leg or whatever happened. <laughs> that's it's the, the weirdest play ever. Story, that's like yeah. that's the only thing. When I see that, I like almost have to laugh a little bit. I'm like, what is he doing? Why is he jumping yeah. like that? He's just flying in the air. Like maybe that was the start of something bad for um, Blake Griffin. I know he's probably had injuries before then too, but. This is probably like that every year. It feels like yeah. anything that Chris Paul's on, the only way that they lose is Chris Paul gets hurt or another player gets hurt. Most of the, like in that case, Blake Griffin. Yeah. I mean, Paul, if Paul's losing, it's because Paul's getting hurt. No one's yeah. beating Chris Paul. No one's <laughs> beating, beating Chris Paul. Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> He's beating himself. His team is beating his own team. That's the energy right there. Anyway, but, the yeah. Houston Rockets are going to win the NBA championship in 2020. Oh, so that's my official prediction. And that's they're a gonna, hot take. They're going to beat – and I'll explain it. They're going to beat the, the OKC Thunder, I think, in six games. It's going to be close. I don't think Houston's going to blow at anybody. They're going to be in these close, close series. But the thing with the bubble is we've seen teams catch fire. And we've seen teams just randomly win games. And if you want me to – logically give you a reason why Houston's going to win a championship and not the Clippers. I, I can't do that. There's no logic to back up what I'm saying, but I just got a feeling. I just got a weird feeling that this is Houston's time. James Harden, man. <sighs> There's something about James Harden, man. Him and Russell Westbrook. If it doesn't happen this year, I don't know when it'll happen. So you know what? Fuck it. Houston, they're going to win the championship and it'll start with a six game series against the OKC Thunder. That's my, my Paul Pierce moment right there. This prediction will either be in a few in a few months will be the greatest prediction you ever made, or yeah. in two weeks it'll be the worst prediction you ever made. It very well but, could be, yeah. And that's what happens when you ride or die with the Rockets. They're just like that. You know, who knows what very they're going to be? Their ceiling, championship floor. They could lose to OKC in this round. There's, There's no question. They're the only team whose ceiling is a championship and their floor is a first round exit. They could lose in five games in the first round. And like we'll be like, okay, let's just use the rocket. Five games. They, that's a stretch. They legit. With Harden, could, they legit. With could. Harden though, I I don't know. I just feel like they could I like OKC. Up. I like OKC, and they've definitely earned a lot of respect this year. But I think they're overachieving when you look at the parts that they have. Personally, it's I just, just don't Chris think. Chris Paul's involved. That's the thing, it's yeah. just yeah, Chris Paul, and, and I think they just surprise teams. When you yeah, when you when you prepare for a team like this, yeah, 
I feel like Houston can do it. I feel like they don't have a huge interior threat. Like Steven Adams, it's not a huge interior threat. I feel like this first round, Houston should be able to handle it in less than seven. I'm just yeah. giving it seven because of the uncertainty of Westbrook's health. And yeah. I think that's if, – if he starts the first game, you know, they could end up winning the series in like six or five. Who knows? But I want to give them OKC a little bit of credit too just for how good they've been. I don't want OKC fans to come at me. If there are any, I haven't met one, so I don't know. I think there are any OKC fans out there. Yeah. (laughs) I think that, honestly, if you take the MVP trophy for, like, the literal meaning of the most valuable player to a team, Chris Paul should win MVP this year. Like, when you're taking, like, who was the most valuable player to their team, Chris Paul was was more valuable to his team than Giannis was to his team or that Harden was to his team or that LeBron was to his team. Chris Paul, what he brought to the OKC Thunder this year was just ridiculous. No one expected it. Yeah, he averaged, what, 19 points a game. But the way he mentored and the way everyone looked up to Chris Paul, the way he led that team, really, if you take the MVP award and you take that at face value and take that literally, who is the most valuable player to their team, I think it should, have been Chris, it should be Chris Paul. But that's not how the award works. So It's not how the award works. It's skewed towards... A narrative which doesn't really mean anything to me and but also the, in standings too. another thing is yeah top two seed in either standings besides Westbrook everyone else you have to be a top two seed except for when you have a good narrative like Westbrook did obviously with Durant leaving and also and averaging, a, and averaging a triple double while leading yeah, yeah. the league in points per game. it's more about it's more about the averaging a triple double thing that yeah. really I think changed it but now you look at the NBA from that point on Players are literally almost averaging triple doubles. Dude, like, he normalized it though. That's the thing. Westbrook he, he normalized it. Luca's now basically doing. It. He's like averaging thirty nine and nine on the LeBron's season. Like, almost doing it. LeBron's almost doing it. He almost always does it though. But I just yeah, don't think. I just this, don't think triple doubles have ever felt like a big deal until Westbrook made them a big deal. Yeah. Like when he had forty something triple doubles that year, which no, I, I think still, mean, it's still crazy. I think you mean it's the other way around. Like they never, they always felt like, oh, it was crazy. A player got a triple double, right? Until Westbrook did it, and now it's like, oh, okay, you got triple double. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, it's Westbrook, Westbrook averaged a triple double for three straight years. What the like, what the fuck is that? That's just I know that's ridiculous. But like the second, the two other years after that, like, oh, okay, he averaged triple double. That's nice. Like, that's, did he average it this year? I no? don't think he did this year. Okay, I'll check, but I don't. If he did, I mean, four. What was it? Three straight years, though, or was it two straight? No, years? he did it. 2017. I'm gonna check right now. I think it was three straight. Did he win the MVP in 2017? Yeah, 17, okay. 18, 19. Yeah, so he averaged. In, he won in 17, then Harden in 18, and then yeah, three straight years of the triple okay, double. That makes sense. That's crazy. In points per game. Yeah, he was averaging what, well, like just over 30, right? And then led the NBA in assists per game the two years after that. And this year, his assists and his assists are at seven a game, and his rebounds are at eight. But he's averaging. I, I actually like Chris Paul a lot as an MVP pick. Yeah. Just because um, I think that in a nutshell, in a vacuum, if you were to decide MVP, you could easily just make it about if you take that player off the team, yeah. how different would their record be and just predicting based off that. And OKC, they're a bottom of the barrel team, no question. <laughs> they play, yes. From, um, from <laughs> a, four, a five seed or whatever in the Western playoffs, in the West, too. That's I think stupid. that's that's, ridiculous. that's the most impressive part. Like, the, the the MVP for Giannis is, you know, in 31 minutes, he's averaging ridiculous numbers. Yeah. And his team has the best record. But it's different if he does it in the West. That's a totally different story. I feel like um, I feel like that's the story every year, though. I just think the MVP almost has to come out of the West, unfortunately, just with the 
just with the way that the the East is, it feels like a lot of nights Giannis can just take the night off. When you look so at, are you saying LeBron should be MVP this year? I'm saying LeBron is MVP this year. In you my think, mind, in my heart, you're picking LeBron to win MVP over Giannis this year. No, I didn't. <laughs> is that what you're saying? I was, no, no, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Oh, okay. I, I I did I picked Giannis, and I know Giannis is gonna win it. But I feel like uh, I feel like yeah. there is there is a part of it the the conversation you can consider LeBron and I think there's an argument to be made if you were to play devil's advocate um obviously number one is he's in the west um I think the big argument against it though is just Anthony Davis is on that team I think think that's the big thing whereas I think the big argument against LeBron is that Giannis is having one of the best regular seasons in NBA history and people aren't people aren't even talking about it when you look at P and the number and 31 minutes per game too I mean what he's doing you just look at the counting stats it's crazy yeah for like, sure, it's crazy. I think that's like LeBron's balling out, but Giannis is just—he's just having one of the be- greatest re- regular seasons in NBA history. He really is, and no one's talking about it. No one's talking about how good Giannis is, is playing. Like you look at efficiency, PER, the way he's doing defense—he might win Defensive Player of the Year. He—I think just, he's the favorite to win Defensive yeah. Player of the Year based on the. I would pick Anthony Davis personally, but I, I'd um, pick Rudy Gobert. Let's go, Rudy. Really? Yeah. All right, give me give me your argument for Rudy. I want to know why. He's French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good argument. That's I think I can back that idea. But if you <laughs> but the thing with Anthony Davis, the reason why I actually think he should be is um, if you just look at the numbers and not even worry about because with defensive impact, like you look at the players that are on the Lakers, they don't have a lot of great defenders, defensive players. They have the third best defense in the NBA. Obviously led by Anthony Davis. With Giannis, he's got some good defenders around him. You got Bledsoe, you got Middleton. I mean, uh, you got Brook Lopez. Like these guys are pretty good defenders, and they all they make a team defense that is the best in the NBA. And then you just look at the counting stats. Um, if you look at steals and blocks combined, Anthony Davis is leading the league at like three point eight steals and blocks combined, which is just crazy. Yeah, which crazy. is double what Giannis has basically, and. I think that his just defense is on another planet. It's for, for some reason overlooked. I think it's almost like people don't understand how yeah. good of a defender Anthony Davis has been in terms of rim protection, stealing the ball, and then just having the entire team locked in too. I think the thing is with Anthony Davis, like you say, he, he I think he's got a pretty good defensive team. Danny Green and Rajon Rondo on the perimeter, very good defenders. And LeBron, when he tries on defense, we saw what he did to Kawhi Leonard. When he tries on defense, LeBron is one of the best defenders really still in the game. The thing is, he doesn't try very often. He doesn't often. try very often. But when he does, <laughs> yeah. when he, he does, never really tries. But, no, Rudy Gobert, though, like, besides the fact that he's French, you watch the Utah Jazz play, and it's really, like, the upfront stats, blocks per game, steals per game, that's not going to back up Rudy Gobert to win defense player of the year. When you watch no. his games and you look at the advanced stats, how the Jazz play when he's on the court, how the Jazz play when he's not on the court, and how players react – to when they're driving the lane and they got Rudy Gobert in front of them, that's what change. That's what changes it for me. Because when I see players drive in and they'll just kick it out right away, they don't, they won't even try to to go up for a layup against Rudy Gobert. They won't even try. They're like, no, I'm not doing that. They're kicking it right out. Gobert's impact goes beyond stats because people are so scared to even go at Rudy Gobert that Gobert can't even he can't he can't get all these stats. He can't get enough blocks per game. If players shot against Gobert as much as they shot against a lot of the a lot of these other big men in the NBA. Gobert's numbers would be through the roof as far as box per game goes. That's my opinion, though. Yeah, the number of shots he impacts per game is probably if you if you somehow get that stat, it's probably the highest Honestly, by yeah. a player. Like, just people are just 
they change the way they play offense to get around him. And unfortunately it doesn't help with the team defense because the way they do change to their offense works because Utah's got like the eighth best defense, which is still good. Like, don't get me wrong. That's still a good defense, yeah. but that's like Houston Rockets level defense. That's like, that's like worse than Houston's defense. I mean, that's like yeah. around where the Mavericks are. So it's like, okay, you have a decent defense. You have like a, a basically middle-ish of the pack defense in the NBA, which yeah, uh, doesn't doesn't really uh, get you by in terms of just the way the NBA is now. I think you just need more defense. Yeah, and but and I guess the big argument for Giannis is that he can guard the perimeter and guard the rim. Like Giannis can do everything. He like Gobert on the perimeter, he's he's hopeless. And Anthony Davis as well on the perimeter, he's not hopeless. But he's not like Giannis. Giannis, Giannis is a he's not. He's not like Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Giannis is. Uh, he can defend everything. The best perimeter. Yeah, for sure. I think that's why they argue it is his switchability. Yeah. You know, he could guard centers. He can guard. He can sort of guard like point guards and stuff too. So he does have just that versatility. Yeah. That 